0: so you determine where the child needs to start in the progression. And everybody, it's just like, if you think of a long trail or a path, you know, the children are all on the same path, they're just in a different place based yes. on how fast they can run. Or maybe they just, they need to just walk for a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of that mindset of just, they're all on the path, they're just in a different spot. And you know, as the teacher, where each of them are. And okay, you are mastered this, so then you're going to get this next. And so they know that they're only going to choose Um, the lessons that they've been taught.
1: Tell our son all the time, like, it's okay not to know something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How else are you gonna learn? That's right, You don't have to be right all the time or know how to do something perfectly the first time. That's not how life works. That's not how the Christian walk works. We're not Mm -hmm. gonna understand something the first time. That's the beauty of grace. That's the beauty of God, just kind of, he's slow to anger and abounding Mm -hmm. in love because he has this patience with us. Because he knows we're just dust. We, he knows we're just flesh and blood. Um, and so it's okay to approach life with this. I don't know, and that's great. It's okay to not know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to be in the dark about something and just let God do something.
0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Prep Cast, the show where we give you an inside look and how we think, talk, learn, and engage. The and put it in twos at Cornerstone Prep.
2: everybody hope you're enjoying your summer you are tuned in for a special episode of the cornerstone prep cast if you got our newsletter you probably checked out a family is coming in and uh, dustin and jennifer winchester uh moving in all the way from south carolina to cornerstone prep and they're on the Prepcast today i'm super pumped to talk to you guys like first of all man thanks so much for coming by and like being a part of this they're about ready to, like, drive back to where to get your kids and or take the time for the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, thank you. Um, yeah, we're about to drive back to Virginia um, to Jennifer's parents' house where our kids are now housed um, so that we could kind of bring all of our stuff up. So, yeah, about to head back down there to get them and um, stay for a little bit and uh, hopefully come back here around August 10th or so.
2: And which part of Carolina are you guys coming
0: from? The upstate of South Carolina. So, basically, we lived... Um, Near Clemson University, so I'm a Clemson fan, oh, yeah. big Clemson fan. <laughs> okay. Now's the time to be a Clemson fan. Oh, Jennifer, um,
2: she's shaking her head. Why is well, she
1: shaking her head? I'm an Alabama fan, so. If that you know has anything about an college football
0: <laughs> recently, you know Alabama and Clemson have been sort of duking it out a few years for for the are, national championship. You guys, so. like,
2: you guys like one of those couples that they have the commercials for and say, if it wasn't for sports, this wouldn't be. Annoying, which wouldn't be just dis- yeah, the, the Clemson know. She, shirt, I don't know. I, the Alabama
1: shirt. Yeah, okay. Now, if Clemson's playing Alabama, yes, I'm all for <laughs> Alabama, but if Clemson's playing somebody else, <laughs> I don't mind cheering for Clemson. Dustin's yeah. the
2: Pitt one that will Clemson never a years
0: ago. They That did. was the big upset did. Um, yeah she's she's more gracious than I am in, in, in rooting for Clemson I wear and, Clemson gear uh, I do not root for Alabama ever so, <laughs> yeah. or so, wear it <laughs> yeah. so
2: you guys you, you had some connection to western Pennsylvania Pittsburgh area so mm-hmm. um, and the Lord kind of worked it out in a very very cool way where um, we actually got sent uh, Dustin's resume a couple months and months ago and then we looked him up uh, and said hey let's get in touch with this guy so you were kind of based here for a little while, part mm-hmm. of a church plant. Tell us a little bit about that church plant, like what the Lord kind of did through you guys and what's brought you back here more than just Cornerstone. There's other things you have got going on too.
0: Yeah, so we um, traveled in a ministry um, for about five years called Life Action. It's based out of Michigan. It's kind of a, um, a ministry where we travel around the country and do um, revival conferences. And so we did that for about five years and met someone in that ministry Who was going to plant a church in Pittsburgh and asked us to go um, with them, that family. And so we moved here in 2013 um, to help launch that church. And um, I substitute taught, got my teaching certificate in Pennsylvania, moved, removed from South Carolina to Pennsylvania, and um, substitute taught and kind of worked at the church part time until I became full time there um, as the worship and children's pastor. And so we were there until 2018. Um, And part of my life story, um, my mom, uh, my parents got divorced when I was nine, and uh, my mom really recently after that became an alcoholic, and so kind of lived in that environment um, for most of my life, and so really just always prayed for my mom um, to really come to know the Lord because I didn't really think, you know, that she really had a relationship with Him, and so, really, it was like 23 years I would prayed for her, and um, in 2018, she came actually to visit us in Pittsburgh, came to our church for our Good Friday service, and um, she ended up walking the aisle and um, got saved that night, and it was just like, you know, you walked in with this person, and you're walking out with a different person. I mean, God just radically broke into her life, and that was incredible. Um, and so, after that is really when the light bulb went off, we knew God was sort of stirring our hearts but we didn't really know what, and after that was kind of the light bulb went off that he really, we really felt like God wanted to move back down and really thought that we would be there to help disciple my mom and really kind of have the life that we thought we never could have with her. Um, little did we know, we would move back down there, um, but she would die uh, almost a year to the day that God saved her. So, um, you was know. was
1: only eight months after we moved. Yeah, it was only so eight we months. We didn't have so. much
0: time with her. yeah so we're we're thankful for that time we got, and we're just so grateful for God's mercy that He saved her, you know, and that um she didn't die apart from him. so that was incredible. um so obviously moved back down there, um got a teaching job, you know um and also lost uh, my my grandfather and my grandmother as well in the last four years living there. Um, so that was obviously hard to walk through. and um, But it was good that we were there for it instead of being here. Um, it yeah. would have been a lot harder to be here um, and walk through all of that. So really, honestly, I never thought that moving down there, that like, teaching would be the thing I love the most and the thing that I felt most fulfilled doing. I thought I was being called there to kind of be something for my family. And I thought the job would just be teaching. That would just sort of be my job. But it really... It really is different. Like I just, um, I felt like my ministry in a public school was was just so much bigger than you know. what I mean, that became felt like more of the main reason I was called there is to be in that school with those kids and um, and the the opportunities I got in the course of those four years were were really great. So
2: when I first uh, talked to Dustin, I remember we were talking a little bit about some of the, the unique perspectives you have for. The younger children I asked like kind of what grades are you interested in mm-hmm. and uh, primarily it was it was fascinating to me because you don't meet especially in Christian education you don't meet a lot of men mm-hmm. that are really geared towards very younger elementary kids and you're like mm-hmm. you're like honestly when you said kindergarten man I love the, <laughs> the young kids just that, that vision for the we call it early elementary I don't mm-hmm. know what you guys call yeah. it down same thing down south but like really had this pretty cool vision for a way about approaching teaching the very, very young kids, especially from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. Like they're so, they're so impressionable. You guys have three kids too. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, you're getting a chance to kind of live that out day right. in, day out to mm-hmm. see how impressionable they are. I'm sure Jennifer, it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just parenting kids, you see how impressionable they are. Oh, but yeah. like, talk a little bit about how do you view education for that age of kids in a way that might be a little bit different than the conventional K to 12? I think that was something that immediately was interesting to me. Um, talking about a vision for what should a classroom look like and how could we do like slightly less conventional but still highly effective education for young kids.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So I think my two biggest passions are um, personalized learning and play-based learning, Um, especially for young children. I just feel like um, in the area of play, I feel like um, we've made this really shift away from play and children being able to play in young years. A lot of that um, technology has sort of taken the place of that in a lot of ways. Um, and so I feel like, you know, there there's distinct research that shows that cognitively children need hands-on play in order to really develop in the way that they need to. And technology really cannot fill in all those gaps. So, um, you know, purposeful play-based learning um, is, I think, so vital for preschool, kindergarten, you know, even a little bit beyond that, um, because I feel like children just really um, they need that developmentally. And so, you know, I, I love the quote by Mister um, Rogers, which is, "He's a Pittsburgh." You he's, know, a, he's a Yenzer man. He's, he's a Pittsburgh guy. <laughs> That's right. He's one of our guys. Um, but I always tell people, you know, yeah. he said that um, we typically think of play as a break or, you know, a a retreat from the real work. But for the young child, play is the real work. Um, What's really happening in their brain as they play, and, and, you know, there are books on this where, you know, children actually move through levels of play as they develop and grow. And so that's one thing I'm looking for is that they're able to develop through those levels of play because, that not only, not only helps them cognitively and with language, but even just relationally with people, yes. you know what I mean? It's how, that's how they learn to interact with people because at a young age, I mean, we're not just teaching them, you know, math and reading. They're learning how to live and how yes. to coexist in their fine motor skills and gross motor skills. I mean, there's so much that goes into that. Um, and so then personalized learning, you know, Um, is my other big passion. And, um, you know, our children personally um, have been in a Montessori program um, since they were four, five, and even my youngest started at three, um, which Montessori typically starts at three. And Montessori is essentially a play-based, personalized type of learning. Um, You know, and a lot of people have a lot of perceptions about Montessori. A lot of people think it's a very liberal thing or whatever. And, you know, Montessori is a curriculum. Um, It really is a curriculum that spans really different.
2: I think that's what people hear. Like I can picture like, you know, you hear it for the first time. People are going to identify with what you're saying about play. Yeah, kids need to play more. We get it. But like, okay, but we also, they need to learn like how to count and Mm -hmm. add and read. And are they just sitting around playing with fire trucks all day? You know, how do we kind of like tie that together? I think that's probably the question that most people are asking even if they're implicitly asking it, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, so Montessori I think is where you get more of that structure Mm -hmm. where the kids think they're playing, but they're really learning very directed, specific skills when it comes to language, to math, um, cultural, which would be like science and social studies, um, sensorial activities, Mm -hmm. um, which are another, I mean, sensory play for children is extremely important for their cognitive development, but Also, in them understanding quantity and things like that, that all plays into shapes and all that. plays into, like, a sensorial thing. Um, And then, obviously, art is really big in in Montessori as well. Um, So that's kind of pulling that curriculum in. It sort of helps you have, um, you know, once again, that very structured way of teaching those skills, but still in a play-based environment. you know what I mean? Um, So I kind of... Bridge some traditional play with with Montessori lessons, you know what I mean, in the sense of trying to 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 hit all the boxes or whatever.
2: And Jennifer, so as a mom, right, your kids are going through this, and what's that experience like for you as a mom when it comes to even things like, I know the kids are so young, like homework isn't really much of a thing yet, but like, what's it look like for from a mom's perspective on kind of what the kids are going through at school and how they're learning and growing and developing um, with the the type of environment that they're in with this more like personalized play-based learning. Like what's that like for you?
1: Well, I love when it's personalized, like it's on the children's pace, you know? So like if my, my youngest, um, is a little bit ahead mm-hmm. of the kids in her class. I don't know why, <laughs> maybe <laughs> because the older siblings have played a part in that. I don't know. But, you know, they were even with our middle child, even at four, they said, Hey, she's showing enough, um,
0: progress progress yeah.
1: that let's go ahead can we go ahead and start her with reading because she's she's going through these lessons like crazy and she's mastering these things um, and we're ready for her to do this and of course i i held her back just because i don't believe boars really need to so well, she would have had to, to give read. up <laughs> we
0: would have had to give up her nap yeah and she that,
1: so. i needed her to hold on to that nap you because yep. when she got yeah. home from school you know emotions Um, That's just girls. You know, when we're tired, we just have emotions. And so for her emotional stability, I was like, "Ah, can we just wait a little bit longer? But I love that they could take whatever pace that they needed to for their, the way that God created them to learn. Um, So I've loved that to be able to see my youngest get ahead if she wants to or back off if she needs to, like maybe that was too much. Um, so mm-hmm. the teachers are completely engaged with these kids. They know my kids almost as well as I do because mm-hmm. they have to be observers of the child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like our son, our his teacher the last three years um, knows him so well that it was really hard to pull him out of her class, mm-hmm. you know, to leave because they just, they build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, And then she knew him well enough to know, like, hey, when we're doing this gingerbread building contest, Josiah's going to be our general contractor and (laughs) had him map it all out with the blueprint and, you know, sent that home so that I could have it, you know, and just really, they know their kids' strengths and weaknesses and they play on those. Mm -hmm. They help them. They challenge them in their weaknesses and they, like, push their strengths to say, okay, this is what you're good at. Let's find some lessons that are geared towards that or whatever.
0: So that's she's really hit on the personalized learning. You know, what I mean, that's really it in a, in a nutshell. Basically, you have to we I meet with children one on one instead of in groups. We don't I don't try to like group them yeah. in levels or whatever. Um, I meet with them individually and determine you know specifically like let's say in language like okay what are the skills they're needing and so you have this sort of grand progression of lessons. Um, that are really just set out in the room. Um, And so you determine where the child needs to start in the progression. And everybody, it's just like if you think of a long trail or a path, you know, the children are all on the same path. They're just in a different place based on how fast they can run, or maybe they just they need to just walk for a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of that mindset of just they're all on the path, they're just in a different spot, and you know as the teacher where each of them are, and, okay, you mastered this, so then you're going to get this next. And so they know that they're only going to choose um, the lessons that they've been taught. So basically they're practicing things that they've been taught and are working on mastering while you're meeting with other children one on one to then teach new lessons, and so that's sort of the day to day, and it just it's extremely effective. It's it's really putting learning in the child's in the child's hands because mm-hmm. once they've been taught that lesson, now they know oh I can go and choose that and I know how to do that. I can do it for myself. Do you know what I mean? And it's not me constantly teaching at them. It's really me modeling this for them. And then when they're able to then take it, then they can go do it. They take
1: ownership. They
0: take ownership of their learning, which is incredible. And then
1: they become, as they're the older kids, Mm -hmm. they become the leaders. And so even my three-year-old, when she was three, she was teaching other three-year-olds a lesson.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because the children naturally, you know, the ones that are maybe a little higher. And like I said, I mean a lot of what she's talking about too, Montessori is a multi-age environment, which I know we're doing a little bit here, you know what I mean, but it's not something we're doing full-fledged, but having that multi-age environment is another piece of just, mm-hmm. then the older can teach the younger. So a child, you know, who's a who's a third grader is in the class with first graders, is first, second, and third. So those third graders can then, you know, the greatest, I mean, that's an educational principle is the greatest level of of mastery is when you can actually teach Teach. the skill. Mm -hmm. So when that third grader is able to come down to that first grader and teach them a skill, you know, that's not only helping that first grader, it's helping that third grader, and it's helping the teacher because you don't have to do it all, you know. So this is also a way to, like I said, put that ownership on the kids to where the teacher's not running around like crazy trying to make sure I'm teaching 15 things a day, to, you know what I mean? Like, yep. that I'm doing it all, um, which is typically how it seems to be. The teacher's doing all this work, and the kids aren't. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They're the ones that need to be doing the work. You just need to be a facilitator of learning. That's really what this mm-hmm. is. It's I'm facilitating learning in the classroom. And eventually, it gets to run like a machine, and really, the kids have taken it. I can't and, wait to see it, man.
2: It's. I, mean, I, think, I think you look at the world today, too. That's one of the common criticisms, and I think people look at younger people mm-hmm. and just... Oh, young people, they don't want to learn. They're just kind of, you know, robots and just going through the system. But the idea of taking ownership—we talk about that a lot at Cornerstone. Just as we all want to, you know, I think taking more ownership of our own lives, our own education, even as adults. I and mean, I love what you said about—I love what you said about modeling that, because yeah. that's so big that it's like this is who we are. This is how we learn. This is how, this is what we learn.
1: You're yeah. almost training them to be kids who disciple other kids that's so it's just a disciple. there's so many biblical yeah. parallels that's, so many. That's, totally, that's why when totally. people
0: talk about you know Montessori as a liberal thing and there are a lot of oh, liberal sure. Montessori no schools doubt. No doubt. They exist. Um, <laughs> but it really the like I said Montessori is a curriculum that is there's so many biblical parallels when it comes to the philosophy you know what I mean of of what a personalized learning and what that looks like there's so many biblical parallels I mean um, you know big thing in Montessori is that children learn how to show grace and courtesy to one another yes. and have community um, you know they learn
1: to be peacemakers we have a yes. well we probably don't have a peace table but um, in my kids class I had a peace table and so if you were in conflict with another kid you would then take that child to the peace table and you would you know in Christian terms we would say seek their forgiveness yeah. or whatever but mm. it's all about you I did this wrong I hurt you and will you please forgive me kind of thing mm-hmm. but they have this peace table where they come for it. and just make peace with I lo- I one love it. another the two you children know? have to go there it. to the table and there's,
0: there's actually a peace rose that they <laughs> have to like extend oh, get out to here. each other it's like a symbol of forgiveness like oh. I'm, I'm you know and then the person seeking the forgiveness would take the rose i mean it's, a, yeah. it's, it's very, very cool.
2: sweet. we've done you know we i used a, a banana a talking banana because yeah. you know we put kids at a table and yeah. it's so funny it's like They were they were interrupting each other. Okay, only the banana person can (laughs) talk. But it's it's funny how I think with conflict, and it's something that I think any age kid can learn. But just the idea of sitting down with a small child and being able to say, "What I did this it caused this pain Mm -hmm. in you," Mm -hmm. and trying to make we call you know reconciliation, Mm -hmm. restorative, restorative, like you know Paul. We're in a ministry of reconciliation, exactly, and like that's just a framework for that.
1: Exactly, you're teaching them from a young age. Do you see your
2: kids at home now? Like, can you go to the peace table? Like, we did something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but they really, they but we, are very but even
1: before Montessori, we were teaching yeah. them, like, you don't sure. just say sorry. Right. Well, what yeah. did you do? Please,
0: Please forgive me for, for and name yeah, what you did. That's great. You know what I mean? Because then it just, it gives more validity to that's, what you're because right doing. Because pride
1: sure. deals in the, the, generalities the generalities and humility deals in the, in the specifics. specifics. Yeah. So that's when really you're good, seeking so. someone's forgiveness, you know, You've got to say specifically, this is what I did and this was why it's wrong because ultimately it hurt God and you. That's right. And it was a sin against God and a sin against you, and we want to make that
0: right. And I would say, you know, back to one last thing to the point of parents questioning, like, is this type of education rigorous enough for my child? Really, that's really the question to get down to. Right, they're asking it, yep. Um, You know, is this rigorous enough for my child? You know, we have to... um, it, it for sure is rigorous enough, and it can be as rigorous as the child needs it to be, you know what I mean? And so what we have to do is not compare our children to other children because every child is on their own learning path. You what, know what a I mean? lesson
2: for every age um, person today, though. <laughs> and when we cause
0: when we yeah. cause learning frustration, I call it, in a yeah. child because we're pushing them too hard and making it too rigorous for them when they're not ready for that and it's not really been properly modeled for them yet, um, it causes that learning frustration. It really can cause damage for their school career, you know what I mean? Because they begin to view learning as something I can't do, you know what I mean? When it's really just something I can't do yet, you know what I mean? And if they're able to develop as they need to, then the, the rigor is exactly what it needs to be for them. I love that word, know? yeah. So. It made
2: me think about that when you're talking about your mom. Mm-hmm. You know, and my sister, she always says this whenever we talk about somebody that we know. And it's like this person, they, they, they don't know the Lord. She'll mm-hmm. say, yet. They
1: mm-hmm. don't know the exactly. Lord yet.
2: Yeah. Because, you know, we don't want to put a, a stop sign or, you know, the end of the story. We don't know what the Lord's going to do. And I love that with learning because I see we see it so often with kids. I am I, I can't write well or I'm, I can't speak well or I can't do this or I can't, 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 can't. can't. Just adding that. Mm-mm. yet but actually embodying what that means exactly. like understanding like i can do this mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it might just take me a little bit different of a path Mm-mm. or take me a different amount of time to get there oh, right. and having teachers that understand that i mean yeah. look at jesus with his disciples oh, he's yeah. not you know he has a, he has the the 12 the three the one and they're all kind We're of all getting different. pushed and they're different right. and to we be able tell, to bring a new classroom
1: we tell our son all the time, like, it's okay not to know something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How else are you mm-hmm. going to learn? That's right. Yeah. You don't have to be right all the time or know how to do something perfectly the first time. That's not how life works. That's not how the Christian walk works. We're not mm-hmm. going to understand something the first time. That's the beauty of grace. That's the beauty of God. Just kind of, he's slow to anger and abounding mm-hmm. in love yes. because he has this patience with us because he knows we're just dust. We, he knows mm-hmm. we're just flesh and blood. Um, and so it's okay to approach life with this. I don't know, and that's great. It's okay to not know. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to be in the dark about something and just let God do something. Mm. You know, let Him teach you that. And but I feel like that's what our past year has been. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's one big lesson in just this yeah. darkness, and that's okay. It's okay to be in the darkness. It's okay to suffer. It's okay to just sit in something you don't know. And so that's what I love about. Montessori is that you just it's okay to sit in the unknown Mm -hmm. because it's just this progression of eventually you will know that and
0: And the great thing is is everything is set out in the room everything I will need for the entire year all the curriculum is set out in the room in the form of materials you know what I mean Um, and so the children are able to see well I'm looking at all the the math shelves for instance well I want to do that lesson down there that that person's doing well great you're gonna get there. So maybe if you want to do that, then you need to spend a little more time down here on gotcha. what you know. Gotcha. And I can move you on. Yeah. It's almost like an, an incentive yeah. built in in the room, like, oh, I want to, I want to play with that. Well, you, you can, but we got to get through all these first. It's like so. It
2: makes me you think you're obviously a guy, you're a dust b I get in a weight room. It makes me think about the weight room all the time. Yeah. It's like, Look at that guy over there. It's like okay, but you're gonna we're over here now. You have yeah. to start
1: somewhere. You got to start somewhere, and, and yeah. it's okay, uh-huh. and be
2: patient in the yeah. process.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean the the whole concept as well is. You're moving from concrete. Children need to move from concrete to abstract. So it starts very concrete, meaning very material-based. The children are not holding a pencil and paper yet. It's very concrete, especially when, like I said, it comes to math skills. So they're able to see what math looks like in front of them before they ever see it on a piece of paper and have to write it you know what I mean? Because especially with the number sense, I mean, we we get to high school and you have kids, I know I've had algebra teachers come, and these children don't have number sense. You know what I mean? They don't understand what is actually happening in math because they were never shown, it was all pencil and paper, all pencil and paper. And so they were never concretely able to see like what is happening. So even from a young age of three, children are understanding like, you know, quantity and number sense so well, you know, by these materials. so.
2: It's going to be cool with, with both of you guys working together.
1: You, you know,
2: have you you have you guys ever worked to, I know you work together all the time, but like worked work together. This is going to be a new experience for you guys?
1: Yeah. In the same classroom. In guys. the same classroom? we've so, been, so in been in different Same school. Same
2: school, so you guys are going to be in it together. But it's really cool because I, it's one of the things I'm most excited about. It's just this uh, you guys are going to have some pre K 3 4 and have kindergarten three four five you know and then have kindergarten all kind of working together and you guys are going to be in there working together it's Mm -hmm. it's a really cool thing i mean i'm i hate to kind of rank things i'm most excited about but this is near the top of the list of and selfishly i have a nephew that's going to be oh yeah so (laughs) so that's going to be really fun to kind of watch and get a chance to experience it was really cool it was very cute my Oldest nephew, but watching my nephew in school, mm-hmm. and then see what was happening at home, mm-hmm. you know, with him at home and what he's learning, and how that yeah. was kind of impacting not just him, but it became part of their conversations at the dinner table, and, right. and it, it 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 was just very sweet. It was very exciting mm-hmm. to kind of watch that, and just I, I know a ton of families are just going to be so blessed by what you guys are doing, and to take this per, the personalized play-based learning, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I'm I'm just so excited to yeah, I'm going to annoy you guys all year. I'm going to be in there taking pictures and That's videos. And, you know. and I welcome, like
0: I said, I, I welcome the questions even from parents. You know what I mean? And the yeah. great thing is, is I can, I can say, well, here's exactly where your child is and here's where we're taking them. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And I can give them a solid picture of what that looks like, so. You
2: know, you guys are getting off to Virginia. So I appreciate you guys even being able to sit down. Is there anything, are we missing anything? Is there a last word for something that we have to, 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 to share with anybody out there listening?
0: I don't think so oh, I'm
2: excited man this, this, this is exciting we're so blessed to have you guys part of our school and not only just your kids but your family and um, just blessings on your church stuff too I know you guys are involved in church and yeah. church plants and uh, you know just honestly just man just pray the Lord just blesses and keeps you and, and lets the, the, the path before you be clear and yes. um, we we'll give you a footing for it but <laughs> thank you guys
0: alright thank you